Hey there, this is Sophie. Before we get started in our deep dive podcast conversation today, I just wanted to let you know that if you enjoy our podcast, you might also enjoy some of the other great content we have available for you on YouTube, our blog, and on our website. Check it out, russellinvestments.com. I think about an asset mark study that was done very recently that looked at advisors' businesses and it compared the amount of hours that an advisor gets back in the day to how much, what percentage of their business that they outsourced to asset managers like Russell Investments. For advisors that actually outsource somewhere between 50 and 89% to asset managers, they actually gain back 7.7 hours every week. And I always ask advisors, what would you do with that time? They talk about spending more time with their family. They talk about being able to grow the business, which is very, very difficult to do these days. And also about dedicating more time to your clients. At 7.7 hours a week, it gives you 385 hours a year back to do those things. If you do allocate it to the clients, that's adding real value to the client relationship. It also helps you offer things to the clients like an institutional approach. It also helps reduce the dispersion of return among more clients. And it allows you to take all those QSIPs that you're actually managing now and make it simpler for the client and simpler for you to actually manage day to day. Welcome to the Helping Advisors podcast by Russell Investments. I'm Sophie Antelgibert, head of North America Portfolio and Business Consulting for Russell Investments Advisor and Intermediary Solutions business. We are back again today with a continuation of our Value of an Advisor for 2021 podcast. For those of you who joined us last time, you got to hear from two of our experts, Tom Flynn and Tina Downing, all about the value that advisors provide when they are doing active rebalancing of investment portfolios that they are stewarding for their clients, and all about the value that advisors provide in terms of the behavioral coaching that they provide to clients. Now, for those of you who are familiar with our infamous or famous VOA formula, value of an advisor formula, you'll recall that it's composed of five components, A, around active rebalancing of portfolios, B, around behavioral coaching, C, around customized client experience and planning, everything related to product alignment that advisors deliver to their clients, and T, all around tax smart planning and investing. So as I mentioned, last in our previous episode, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, you might want to start with that one first. We covered active rebalancing of investment portfolios and behavioral coaching. Today, we are going to dedicate our time to customized client experience and planning and to product alignment. What does that look like when an advisor is doing that well, when an advisor is delivering value in those areas for their clients? How do clients value that? What what do they like about that? What do they um, benefit from in that regard? And some ideas also for how advisors might be able to continuously elevate the value that they deliver in both of those areas. For those of you familiar with our value of an advisor formula, you might be wondering why the C and the P parts of that formula sound a little bit different than they have in the past. 
well, don't go too far. We are going to have Tom Flynn and Tina Downing come back again to explain to us a little bit more about the slightly changed components of the formula as a reflection of 2020 having been such a different reality for advisors and investors. We did make some updates to our value of an advisor formula. Now, um, I am joined today by Tom Flynn, Regional Director for Maryland, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. for Russell Investments. Thank you, Tom, for joining us. Thanks, Sophie. And Tina, thank you for joining us. Tina is a, a Business Solutions Director, Senior Director, and Lead on our Business Solutions team. Both Tom and Tina come to us with a wealth of experience working with advisors, and Tina has even been an advisor herself, so knows what it's like to be sitting on, on your side of the desk and uh, and wearing your shoes. Thrilled to be with you today, Sophie. Tina, maybe you can get us started around the value of C, that customized client experience in planning. In the past, C used to be all around the cost of investment-only advisory. This year, we changed that formula to customize client experience and planning. Can you maybe give us a little bit of insight? One, why we changed it and what did we change it to? What does that, that new formula reflect? We really had to look at the formula because if you think about clients' lives over this past year, we have literally gone through the largest reassessment of priorities that we've ever seen in clients' lives. Every day they're thinking about decisions around their family and their health and their career and their lifestyle and their community. And all of this made us really look at what is it that we're actually doing for clients above and beyond just the asset management. And so we retitled it to customize client experience and planning because every single client has different needs, has unique goals, has unique circumstances, unique problems that they have to solve in their families' lives. And it means that also our role has to change. We have advisors all across the spectrum still, you know, with every advisor that I talk to. But I know for me, even as an advisor, I had to actually make the shift too of being a broker in the beginning. And then we shifted then to needing to do more for our clients, needing to look at asset allocation and risk management and helping to look at income distribution needs on what's going to happen. And then life got more and more complex for our clients. And all of a sudden, we had to bring in that more comprehensive planning for the clients over time, doing deeper discovery about all those five components of their lives and what's going on there, thinking also about protection strategies and contingency planning and making sure that we're keeping the clients updated on where they were in their long-term plan. And now, especially now, family wealth planning has really become what we need to be for clients overall, because not only does it impact us and our individual goals as investors, it also impacts our family and all of those decisions that we're making. And so it's more important than ever, especially with the transition of wealth that we're going to see over the next 10 years, $68 trillion in wealth is going to be transitioning to the next generation. How we actually work with those clients and their families has become key. And advisors see this need in shift because 
there's been actually a 39% increase in advisors that are beginning to do comprehensive planning for their clients. And we know that it actually matters to clients too, because in a, a study done, a client communication study done by Y charts, 60% of investors say one of the most important factors was making sure that their advisor had a deep understanding of them and their goals. Clients go through three major phases in their lives. And with maturity, comes complexity. And many times as we're younger, it's all about accumulation, making sure that our essential expenses are actually being covered, making sure that we manage discretionary spending, making sure that debt management is part of the process, contingency planning if something goes wrong, career planning. Last year, we saw also people making decisions about their careers voluntarily and involuntarily because some of the layoffs and furloughs. And then as we get older and older, you add on parental care, unwinding parents' estates, maybe having grown kids having to move back with you because of layoffs. And you're thinking about lifestyles. And sometimes when these life events start to happen, then all of a sudden our plan that we had, this nice, neat plan that we had, kind of gets turned on its head because something has happened that we didn't expect. And last year was full of those kinds of things that happened. And then as they move into the distribution phase of how do you live the rest of your life with dignity and respect, it means that what we do for those clients is above and beyond what we talked about in the formula before, just looking at the investment management side, investment management becomes a component, an important component, but a quarter component of all of the things that we do for clients on a quantitative basis and a qualitative basis to help them answer those questions in their lives, things that are happening in their family and their career and decisions they're making about their health. Tom, I know you see this every day as you're working with advisors as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, um, you know, if you change financial planning around a little bit and you replace one of the words and you make it's life planning. I mean, basically what you just walked through is the role an advisor plays is much more in-depth and personal than it ever has been before. So it's it's not family wealth planning, really. It's family life planning at, at the end of the day because the, the, the conversations that an advisor is going to get into with some of their best clients is going to be so much more detailed and in-depth and personal than it ever has been before. That's a much different conversation than people were having 20 years ago, 30 years ago. In fact, the, some of the best advisors have been doing that for a long time, but more, it's now a requirement in many cases, it's almost, you know, being, being a wealth advisor is almost table stakes at this point. If clients care so much about their advisor, understanding their priorities, knowing their priorities, but I, as an advisor, am not exactly sure how to access that information. What are the questions that I should be asking that can help me get beyond just the where and the how much of the money, but actually the why behind it? I've heard you give some really great advice and and sort of share some some thoughts, Tina, around doing great discovery with clients that, that can really engage investors regardless of how much they know about investing, regardless of how opinionated they might be about certain investment vehicles or certain asset classes or certain regions and stuff. We've all met those clients, right? The ones that are on the one hand, extremely opinionated, on the other hand, completely disengaged. And yet they're all our clients. Somehow we need to be able to engage them. You've had some really great ideas and tips, Tina, on how to do that in terms of uh, discovery conversations. Yeah. You know, it's especially challenging when you've 
had a client for a long time, right? And there's a lot of things that you should already know about that client. And But how do you actually start to say, okay, what might be changing now? And it has to go beyond when you're doing your client review, because this is the perfect time to take the clients through a reassessment of their priorities, to do that rediscovery and building it in your quarterly reviews with the clients, or at least an annual review with the client, especially with the year that we've had last year. Like I said, we've gone through the greatest reassessment of client concerns and decisions that that we've seen before. And so going beyond, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Client, what's actually changed in your life and and what's going on, getting deeper and actually framing to the client why you're going to ask questions. And it starts a conversation like this saying to, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Client, there's a lot has changed last year. And many of my clients are making major decisions about their family, about their health, about their careers, either voluntarily or involuntarily. Some are making major changes about their lifestyles and where they want to be and who they want to be with. And I think it's really important for us to sit down and go through a formal rediscovery process so we can dig deeper about what's happening with your family and the decisions you're making. For example, one that I saw last year a lot in the area I live in is around parental care. You know, with COVID and the lockdown around a lot of the nursing homes, the nursing home close to where I live, actually 40% of the deaths early on came from one nursing home. People were scrambling to make decisions about mom and dad. Those are the kinds of things that you want to hear about that's going on because those kinds of decisions can have major impact on their financial plan. I know for me, I had to actually put my own financial plan on hold and my future plans on hold to help pay for some of the things that my parents needed. Those are the kind of conversations we have to shine a light on for our clients today. And now is the perfect time to do it for your best clients. Well, I have to say, Tina, when you frame it that way, if I was a reluctant client, I would definitely want to engage in that conversation because you sound like you care and you understand and you're seeing life from my perspective. I can see how that's very effective. Hey, we're just going to take a quick break here, but we'll be back shortly. Hey, it's Julie, your productivity and readiness expert at Vessel Investments. We'll get back to the podcast in just a sec. But first, a question we hear from financial professionals over and over is, how do I make my investment practice stand out from the one across the street? We're all looking for ways to be unique. One powerful way is by becoming a tax-managed investing expert. Our latest value of advisor study shows that taking a tax-smart approach can provide enough value to investors that more than justifies a reasonable fee. And if you're thinking tax management sounds like too much work, don't because Russell Investments can provide you with tax smart models that can help with all that portfolio management. Visit us at russellinvestments.com to learn more and start setting your practice apart with a tax managed approach. Or then again, maybe you could just repaint your lobby. That might help too. And we're back. Tom, have you seen advisors enter that conversation and sort of engage clients in an especially effective way that you'd want to share? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that this conversation you you may be having or an advisor may be having with their best clients or they may have had that, you know, with your top five or 10. But if you want to do the job properly and provide the value and the client experience, you have to do it for more of of your folks. I've seen advisors who maybe have realized or recognized that they Maybe I didn't know all of my clients as well as I thought I did, but they're using 2020 not just to reassess, but to actually as an excuse to go deeper, 
with folks that maybe they didn't go deep enough with the first time around, where the, where everything was surface level. You know, they're asking better questions. They've got better tools at their disposal. Maybe they brought a client on 10 years ago, but only two years ago, they got much better planning tools and questions and they got better at their job. Well, well, why not go back and revisit some of those conversations from 10 years ago and use 2020 as, as almost an excuse to say, hey, listen, things probably change in your world. There's things that I, I need to know more about you now in order to make sure that we're doing our job right. Again, it all comes down to the client experience. Products are products. Investment returns come and go. You have no control over that. What you do have control over is the actual client experience. And the more comprehensive and personal it is, I think probably shines through the most to clients. I want to leave the, the group with a little formula that I like to use. It's called VRIO. When you're working through your client experience, what do you do that is truly valuable to the client? And the discovery part is how do you actually find out what is valuable to them? Because it's different for every client. The R is what do you do that is rare? And tapping into that emotional connection the client has with their money is what makes you rare. The I is what makes you hard to imitate. And having that authentic concern and care that you're actually giving your clients this year and last year really does set you apart from the competition. And the O is how are you creating your practice organizationally to be able to allow you to do those other three things? So it's V-R-I-O. And, and presumably, once we have done this discovery and we have found out from our clients what they truly want and what their heart desires, we have learned a lot about their goals in the process. We've learned a lot about their circumstances and we've learned a lot about their preferences. That seems to me like it would lead us into the next component of our value of an advisor formula all around product alignment, right? Once we know what are the client's goals, circumstances, and preferences, it seems like that's foundational to being able to ensure that the portfolio that we're creating or that we're proposing to the client is truly aligned to what it is that they want to accomplish. Tom, can you maybe talk to us about that that value of P, that value of product alignment? What does that look like from an advisor's perspective and from an investor's perspective? When when you think about all the things we just talked about in the last component, that's that's a lot, right? That's a lot of time, energy, and effort on the advisor and expertise on the advisor's part to to bring all that out. And I think when we think about what advisors delivered years ago, product was a big component of it, access to product. But now products are commodities. Everybody's pretty much got access to the same stuff for the most part. You, you can kind of get sucked into that, that world of just analyzing everything that's out there. But then that comes at a cost. It comes at a cost of neglecting the things that we talked about just a minute ago, that was that we see as probably one of the most important things that a client sees and needs. So when, when we think about product alignment, it's, it's how do you kind of create a system or a process for the types of strategies that you recommend, how, you, how they're packaged and how you deliver them, and where you spend your time. I, I don't know necessarily if spending time on the product analysis and diving deep into all of those types of things is necessarily where you want to be spending your time. So when we think about each client wants to have some sort of a customized experience, but we also understand that you can't customize every single portfolio that's out there. You have to kind of take off that, maybe that portfolio manager hat and put it down and give it to someone else, right? There's, there's firms out there like Russell where you can outsource those things. And what that does is it buys you back probably one of the most important things that you have is time. 
And then where you reinvest that time is going to make the biggest difference, right? You can reinvest it in yourself, right? You can get better at your, at your craft. You can take more days off, or you can reinvest it back into your best clients or part of it into your best clients and, and enhancing that client experience and making sure that those clients are getting what they, what they're paying for. And it's truly valuable. So when we think about product alignment, it's more about how do you scale your business so that you can effectively deliver good product strategies, right? But how do you kind of take off that, that portfolio manager hat and give it to someone else to do and tap into their expertise so that you can buy that time back and then deliver it back to your clients in some in some format. There's a lot of fo- other industries that, that charge by the, they know how much their time is worth. A CPA charges by the hour, attorney charges by the hour, the auto mechanic down the street charges by the hour. But I have not run into many advisors who know uh, truly what an hour of their time is worth. I know, you know, some of my friends that are in those professions, they wear it as if it was tattooed on their forehead. They're not shy about what the value of an hour of their time is. It's called their billable hour. They they can't be shy. They have to talk about it. And what they find a lot of pride in is looking at, wow, that value of an hour of my time has gone up. My billable hour has gone up over time as I've become more experienced, as I've moved up in terms of who I'm serving and what I'm doing for my clients and stuff. And as an advisor, I could imagine that beginning to track what is the value of an hour of my time and beginning to think about how can I continuously elevate that value that I deliver to my clients and that I am then commensurately also able to charge for, there's something very empowering and motivating about that as well. So beginning to make business decisions that are informed by the value of an hour of my time can really help make sure that I'm spending my time as wisely as possible. And as we talked about in the value of C around you know, that evolution of what does it mean to be an advisor today? And should we really be calling ourselves advisors or should we be calling ourselves life coaches, as Tom was proposing? That evolution that comes with how, how does my billable hour change over time? Um, and how do I need to be thinking about that? And should I be partnering with other experts in areas so that I can dedicate time to the thing that only I can do, that I cannot outsource? I cannot outsource those really, really essential conversations with clients, that trust-building um, exercise that has to go on day in and day out that only I can do with my clients. And also, Sophie, the only thing that you have control over, right? You don't have control over the markets. You don't have control over a lot of those things. If I'm an advisor, why would I hang my value and my hat on something that I have almost no control over? But if you spend enough time or if you have a team and resources that can do the due diligence to to make sure that you're partnering with the right firms, well, that's great, but then I want to invest my time on the things that the clients are going to see and experience and have, and I think have the biggest impact on them meeting their eventual outcome. And that's the things that I have control over. Thank you both so much for these wonderful ideas and insight into what is the value that advisors are able to deliver when they're delivering a customized client experience and when they're delivering aligned product, product that's aligned to the client's goals, circumstances, and preferences, and also aligned to an advisor needing to be able to have an effective and growing business as well. Those are really great ideas for how advisors can continue to elevate their business in those areas as well. So thank you very much, Tom and Tina, for joining us today. And thank you. We hope that you'll tune in again for our next episode that will focus all around the value of T, the value of tax smart planning and investing. 
This episode was recorded on April 22nd in Washington, D.C., St. Louis, and Seattle.